0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to Be On Air. I'm your host, Kaylee Marks. If you're an entrepreneur, coach, author, or have a brand and are trying to grow your business, or even if you just have a message to share, then this show is for you. We are sharing proven blueprints to amplify yourself and we'll discuss every step of the podcaster's journey to give you the mindset, tools, and community that you need to launch and grow your own impactful podcasting platform so that you can be on air. Before we get into today's episode, if you haven't already, please subscribe. And if you're enjoying the show, please consider sharing this podcast with someone who might benefit from it. Your support helps so much. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Today on the podcast, we have Melissa Meter.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Melissa is a somatic shadow work coach and she has an incredible uh, online community and, uh, online school, many courses available. And I'm so happy that you're joining me today to talk about your podcast and your work. Would you, um, tell everyone a little bit about, you know, what's current for you, what you're working on, what's exciting for you?
1: Sure. Uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Um, well, what's really up right now in my work is expanding how I do what I do, And it's an interesting problem slash opportunity to want to put out more work, but have to calibrate that with how much time. So the courses are a really great thing to do in order to get the work out. So that's been the big thing. Shadow Stocking 101 is an online course that's self-paced so people can just get the information. They don't need one-on-one time with me. That's the big thing. The other thing is uh, I was a, a, well, am a yoga teacher. Uh, I taught taught Hatha yoga, which is the physical form of yoga practice for decades. And so I'm going to get back into that through Patreon. So that's my big learning curve is getting these sort of donation-based synchrosoma yoga classes going. That's kind of what's mainly up besides... My book and my new courses and my one-on-one practice and all the other yeah, stuff so I do. You
0: don't have that much going on, basically.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so- it's really, I, I don't know if it's ADD or it's just, you know, this is a very productive time in my consciousness. So I'm doing what I, I'm doing, what my consciousness is leading me to do. It's
0: incredible. Yeah, we've been working together specifically on the podcast and on the courses yeah. for over six months. And you've just been putting out so much amazing content and really building an incredible following online. And that was one of the reasons why uh, I really wanted to talk to you because I think a lot of new podcasters uh, would have a lot to learn from you about workflow and consistent content creation, and then also authenticity. And your work is really, really unique in the shadow work space and the, you know, the yoga perspective you're bringing the, the wellness and and health perspective that you're bringing to it, uh, is different. And so, you know, I'd love if you could just, you know, before we dive into any like technical podcasting details, could Mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about what somatic shadow work is? So people have an understanding.
1: Yeah. You know, this morning, um, While I was walking on my treadmill machine, I was thinking about what I do. And um, it occurred to me that a lot of what I do and teach is fitness of the mind. And because, you know, I call it consciousness training because we're training how we pattern our thinking And so really body is in our soma or the energy in our body, which is connected to everything and everyone everywhere. That's already pretty fit. It's the relationship of our thinking and our thought patterns that are, um, create blockages and, you know, give us the so-called problems. So what I, what we do with somatic shadow work is we retrain how we, use our consciousness uh, to be a companion of body energy and everything that's going on in our body. And for a lot of us, there's stuff in there from uh, trauma, from even probably just being sensitive to the environment and the world. You don't have to have trauma to have a challenging relationship with your body. So this is the main thing is retraining mind. I would say that's the main thing. The the somatic work is actually pretty simple. Once we know how to do it, it's it's uh it's about having full awareness. Well, I shouldn't say full, but having a continually growing awareness of how we experience our soma or um body energy elixir, you know, the the drink of immortality.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, especially now in in this world, we can get so disassociated from what is present in our body. And oftentimes the, even the emotional reaction or the the mind story that's coming up for us, the fear, whatever uh, is starting as a sensation somewhere in our body. And that uh, is a gateway into deeper understanding, right?
1: Well, what you said was really important that it starts in your body and then it turns into a thought. I think a lot of us have thought that it's the other way around that we think, and then we have stuff going on in our body, but really it's uh, the unconscious is vast and it's feeding and leaking up into our thought processes. So really that's what shadow and archetypes and all of that are these leaks. So when we catch them by having awareness and doing all the practices, we can follow them. And that way we can follow them into body and move forward. I, you know, I, I, am careful about any goal orientation of language around this stuff, because it's really about meeting in the moment and companioning who we are right now, not, not necessarily getting anywhere. That's actually kind of Mm. a problem to constantly be goal oriented.
0: I'd love to I'd love to dive into that even more and let's let's work our way there. Mm-hmm. Um, if let's zoom out a little bit and it's interesting because you do you do these wonderful guided audio meditations as well as uh, just I don't know how else to say it, but these these downloads of information that are very universal, universal yeah. truth but then very applicable in modern uh, everyday. Life, and so, could you talk a little bit about like how you came to podcasting, why you came to podcasting, and what that was like starting?
1: Yeah, great. um well, I was a coach for a long time, and when I took up the somatic shadow integration practices and really the archetypal studies, sort of a channeling download from the the mainframe of the universe. I started how, you know, changing my practice with clients that I already had into this kind of work. Then I created some courses so that there was more content and more... It's all about people taking on the work for themselves. Not, the, It's not like a therapy relationship where you go in and you talk about your issues. It's more like you're learning all these skills. It's more like shamanic work or yoga, where you're learning techniques and skills. So, so the courses came out of that. And then, um, at some point I started really diligently posting on Instagram every day writing. So my writing practice became part of my daily process, um, as a response to the world and also an action to take in the world, what I call right action. And we, we know that come where that comes from out of, uh, Vedic technology. So, so, and you know, it's part of my seva as well. My service is just like daily giving free information to people out of that. I found I needed a a little more space to say some things that I wanted to say. So the podcast was a natural outgrowth of that. And so it became, you know, I called it the first podcast. I really felt like I needed to rant about some content that would have taken up too much time in a, what is it this much, this many words. So the podcasts are about 15 minutes. That's about, it turns out about how long I need to <laughs> speak about a particular subject. Um, and you were talking about the meditations that are in the course, right? The, the stuff that's in shadow one hundred and one Yeah. So that's a little bit different. Those are guided um, practices that people listen to my voice and I, take them through something and then they can just use it as a practice on their own. It would be like, you know, learning how to do a sun salute. And then once you've heard the teacher say it five times, you know, what's coming next, you know, and then your innovation and your intuition will start to feed into whatever practice you're learning from me or my voice.
0: Yeah. And what, so when you were, you know, just orienting within the podcasting world what was that experience like and what was your launch like
1: i must have heard i think i heard about anchor on some other podcast um somebody else was talking about anchor being a really easy way to upload podcasts so i literally recorded something just the way i record all of the audio for my courses and then i uploaded it to anchor and then I hit send <laughs> or whatever I hit publish. Um, and there's a place where you do a little description. So I, it, it was pretty user-friendly. It wasn't very technical. So it was sort of like the easiest prop probably way you can do it. And, and because I had already been recording so much for my courses, I had a method, which so they're totally un, almost totally unedited Every once in a while, I trim the beginning off or something. But just from my, what do you call them? Audio notes on my mini iPad, I just was
0: recording. So could you walk us through just really nuts and bolts, like your process of recording an episode, technically speaking?
1: Yeah. So I have a lot recorded in advance because when the uh, muse comes in and starts to really kind of make me want to rant, I record. So I'm not doing a thing where I record and then I wait and then I launch it um, that week or something. I've got a bunch backed up because it's when the content comes. So they so when it comes time for a episode um, beforehand, I take let's see, we have we have worked together and created some intros and outros and uh, advertisement. So I have them as, as little, um, what do you call those sound blocks or something? So it's really easy. I, from uploading to Dropbox, the audio gets, and my audio is getting a little better as we go here. My, my season two is going to have much nicer audio. The podcast farm has suggested some really good (laughs) equipment. So anyway, we upload Dropbox, send it over to Anchor, It's cut and paste. It's drag and drop. It's the easiest system you've got. You put it in. Um, I always have a a specific publishing time, which is Tuesday at 1 a.m. And that reaches my audience in Europe. I happen to have a strangely uh, kind of a little bit of a following in Europe. So I, I wanted to make the timing their morning. I think I've got that right. I think it's their morning or close to it. So I, you publish, you put in your information and you basically set the time you want to publish and then you hit publish and it's just sitting there waiting to go.
0: And what are you using to actually record your podcast?
1: So it's the audio um, notes on the, that comes with the iPhone or the iPad. I use my mini iPad. It's actually a little bit better sound quality. My, my, my first courses I, I did on my phone, I (laughs) created courses completely on these tiny little digital machines. Um, so I record right there and I have a, a mic and adapter that I can use now for the iPad. So that's it. It gets uploaded to. So the expense is really low. Also, I should say, because Dropbox is has a lot of once you pay for a subscription, you know, you you can upload a lot of material there.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the thank you so much for all that info. I think mm-hmm. a couple takeaways are the the fact that you didn't invest in you know, hundreds of dollars of sound recording equipment, you use what you had and used the phone or used your tablet. And that actually got you clients that got you out the door and launched and you had an audience growing. And now, yeah, you've, you've invested in a little bit more gear, but you've, you've backlogged a ton of content. And that's the other thing is backlogging. And, and when the muse or when the inspiration hits, like you're just, you're, you're recording as many episodes as comes through. And I feel like that set you up for success because you've seen Some really wonderful growth in. I don't even know how long you've you've been podcasting. It's not it's not been that long, and you've seen such a nice steady growth and people really engaging and connecting with your content. And it shows that with a a phone you can get out the door. And so gear is really not a obstacle or a barrier to entry.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think that's really important. You know, when you listen to some old podcasts, the sound quality can really sound bad. And I've honestly turned off podcasts that I wanted to listen to because I thought uh the content was important to me. But they were five years old and they I don't know what they use, like over the telephone or something, but the sound quality is not good. It's really kind of remarkable that <laughs> that a tablet has that good of sound quality and you know if you're trained if your ears really trained you can probably hear that it's you know it could be improved but um i think for most people it's probably not too bad to listen to and i'm pretty sensitive i should say to sound and um even if the content's really important to me i i will turn something off if the sound isn't decent
0: yeah. And I was, I was very impressed with the quality of the iPad and, um, podcast farm kind of worked out some of the background noise and removing mm-hmm. some reverb and things to kind of bring it up did some mastering, but really the, the core recording was a really great starting place. So let's talk a little bit too, about, um, your, your content, because I think that is what we're talking about is it's not as much the quality as it is the content, although the quality, if that's bad, it can really obscure the content. Um, when you record your, you know, your episode format, you, you're not interviewing people. It's just you. You also don't heavily script it. It's very authentic. And so I was hoping you could talk a little bit about that process. Like, do you take any notes beforehand or is it fully channeled flow? And what is, you know, can you talk a little bit about how you are bringing, uh, your content through?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I know my content really well. I've been coaching for 10 years or something, maybe around 10 years. I was a yoga teacher for decades and I started studying yoga when I was a teenager, which is almost 4 decades ago. <laughs> so, I know my content very, very well. And I think that that's important. If 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 you know your content really, really well, um there's a chance to really be able to stream. So I don't actually take notes other than knowing what my kind of title is. So for example, one of the last ones I did was on um, decoding mind. So that's, that's the mind that is more trained, like through consciousness training. And instead of seeing a bad world or a bad simulation, it's a receptive data collecting way of being in the world. So I can talk about something that I know a lot about. This is what I coach about. This is what my courses are about. The content has already been very much inside my body. So I, and I kind of have a sense of pitfalls. So the, the point of my podcast is to give people free tools. I, I, if I had a wish people would walk away from one of my podcasts and improve their life. That's the thing. Like now I know I can transform my mind from being sort of paranoid or in a negative space to having something to do with, you know, this negative thought pattern. I, I know how to shift it. And that's my, that's my wish is that somebody walks away after 15 minutes and gets somewhere.
0: Yeah, you you have this awesome way of translating really profound spiritual truths into very pragmatic, like actionable items and I think that has also been part of the uh, appeal of the format of your show is just it's they're so they're so actionable they're so useful and I so I think you're you're achieving your goal I know that the episodes have definitely helped me and I think part of it is your authenticity and you know in some it's not to say that people who script their shows aren't authentic at all I'm not saying that however the fact that you're doing it very free free form and conversationally um, it, it really makes, I feel like it builds trust. And so, you know, I know you have a lot of thoughts on this on social media as well, but could you talk a little bit about authenticity and <laughs> yeah. and how you, how you manage that with promotion, self-promotion and, uh, marketing and, and all that?
1: Yeah, that's great. I, I think that the, there's, um, there's something running my boat and, it is um what you're talking about makes me think of that, which is that I have a, a mission of evolving my soul. So that's priority, that's the top. It's not going to be you know getting followers or money. So because I'm taking very seriously this lifetime and the time I have here in order to develop myself and mature and in terms of growing my spirit and soul that's a priority so everything kind of gets checked against that so for example if i get a little activated or upset or worried about money or something like that i have tools to bring my consciousness back to the the main mission which is how is this development of my spirit and my purpose in this world right now? And am I, am I on that track? So authenticity plays in there because a lot of what happens with people in their career and their life, maybe their podcasts often is that they're trying to do something that they think is wanted by something that will give them money or success. I'm less concerned with that. And I'm concerned with, with creating something that will feed somebody's soul. So the thing that you said about my ability to translate universal truth into something that's really actionable and, and edible, for lack of another word, or digestible, is that I'm, I'm really interested in taking things that I might have awareness of what somebody's talking about when they're speaking Sanskrit or when they're talking about some really complicated yoga thing. I, I I'm able to make that digestible for somebody. So that's what that's my purpose is to take something and make somebody be able to use it really quickly. So that could potentially get off base if I suddenly took my focus and turned it towards how do I change everything that I'm saying to make it more marketable? Now, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know I have, a, I have a tenant that is you, you keep the baby and you decode the bathwater. So there's probably some shadow there. And you and I have talked about it enough that we know that there's always going to be shadow in whatever we're rejecting or turning away from. So turn towards the mission and then keep this dirty baby and continue to work with, <laughs> get, <laughs> get, get that water, really decode that water and, and care for the babies. So there's something in terms of maybe merging those two things that um, people might want to know that they don't have to give up their authenticity in order to still pursue like a a life where you know the bills are paid
0: or something Uh, yeah and on the contrary i think that it is actually more of a key to success Mm -hmm. uh, is that i think people are starving for that Uh, there you know there's so much fakeness out there there's so much get rich quick schemes there's a million coaches online right now uh, which is great and i feel like the path forward is authenticity and so it sounds like by getting in touch with our values and our purpose and our why that is our our measurement of like how to stay authentic is to measure all of our campaigns all of our content against like is this is this in alignment with my why and my purpose here
1: yeah i i had somebody send me one of those things like you follow these four people and send 20 people this thing, and then you'll get all of these extra people following you on Instagram. And my first reaction was, well, who would those people be? Because if I want people following me, I want the people following me that really actually want my content, not just trying to grow their, right. their followers or something. So that's really important to me to have kind of a, a quality rather than quantity of people.
0: That's, that's totally key right there. And, um, you know, you, one of the things that you've done to, to really attract your audience, a quality audience and audience who are, you know, in alignment with your values is you've, like you mentioned, you, you put out just so much consistent content and at podcast farm, we're all about organic growth. Um, you, you put out just massive amounts of content and you've seen, a lot of success and in the digital marketing space, you get a lot of these, you know, here's this here's secret marketing and, and a lot of people don't even understand really what marketing is. But I think what you've proven with the Synchrosoma podcast and your courses is that you can have simple gear, strong values, strong purpose and if you focus on valuable content that really serves your audience, you see growth and you ultimately see revenue come in as well. And so to tie that in, um, would you talk a little bit about your, you know, Shadow on one courses and maybe any other courses you'd like to, to speak about and how that links and how you've used the podcast to kind of funnel people uh, to the course from the podcast and vice versa?
1: Yeah. Well, um what's really cool that I discovered from doing it is that the I can't even remember when it was, but it sort of clicked that like, oh, the podcast people put ads on their podcasts for what the things they do. It hadn't occurred to me in the beginning that there was a, a connection there. So when I figured it out, I said, oh, of course, yeah, let's put an advertisement, which uh, this week it's actually in the beginning of the podcast rather than in the middle. But I I chose to, yeah, just advertise the course really pretty briefly. And so what the course is about, what, y- your question was t- talk more about just what shadow stalking one-on-one is as a course.
0: Yeah. If you could talk a little bit about the courses that you're currently offering and then also how you're using the podcast to help the course and how you're using the course and the podcast together.
1: Oh, that's great. Okay. So the course, um, we walk through these three gates, the overworld, the underworld and the worlds in between. And it's really what we're talking about right now, getting authentic, changing how you pattern your mind and, get more connected to who you are and what you want to do and your purpose. It's sort of like we go from the world happening to us, to us being creators and, and really changing our life so that it's how we want it to be. So the podcast that the course relates to the podcast and the podcast relates to the course, because it's all of that content. It's the, the content is, how so, why would somebody want to get the course? Is a good question, maybe. Um, what's well, the course is a little bit more like coaching than just putting out an idea or content to interact with. There's like you said, there's guided things in there, there's lots of work to do, and more things to prompt and, and take you deeper inside of your own self. And so, the podcast in that way is sort of like, um, it's, a, it's the beginning. It's almost like a beginning and the course is like a deeper dive. However, I have to say, I get a lot of feedback about how a certain podcast really speaks or helps somebody learn a little bit more about something I said in the course and the other way around. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm I have this shorthand now where people ask me questions on Instagram or something. They DM me And I send them to specific podcasts or posts instead of spending, you know, 25 minutes texting with somebody, I say, listen to this podcast, it explains everything you want to know about that, which is really great because it's like a a little mini coaching session right there.
0: Yeah. And I think for coaches, uh, especially uh, leveraging the podcast in that way to automate and save time is just super invaluable because, you know, certain things don't need to be repeated a billion times. Certain things can be shared in a in a in a format like a podcast. And then, like you're saying, a a shorthand of being listen, episode 23, listen, episode, you know. 10 to get that yeah. piece. I think that is just a, a super valuable tool. And the fact that you can send people there um, is is, a, just a great asset to have. So, um, if you were to start your podcast over again, this is something I ask everyone, what mm-hmm. advice would you give to yourself or what advice would you give to a new podcaster? Who's just, you know, wanting to start wanting to get into the podcasting world? What would you, what would you say to them?
1: Well, some of the things we talked about, I think the main thing that and that might be a generational thing or just, you know, launching into your career in your life is kind of putting the cart before the horse sometimes is there's a this authenticity thing. There's a sense of people. Pretending to be masters of something, but they're not they're they're beginner they're beginners, and there's nothing wrong with being a beginner. Actually, you can teach as a beginner and teach what it's like to be a beginner, and that can be incredibly valuable for people so rather than you know pretending you know what we call the false guru or coming out with kind of like this. You know, I know everything there is to know about this subject and I'm going to, but it it doesn't read as very authentic because the person doesn't really totally know. Um, so that's what I would say is that, you know, really use whatever it is that you have. For example, I've worked with chronic illness in myself or chronic challenges, let's call it that. And that's a huge Teaching tool for me. It's not a deficit for me to have something that I that's going on in my body. It doesn't make it harder for me to be a great coach. It doesn't delegitimize my coaching. It actually is so valuable for me to reach people that are dealing with chronic illness or chronic pain or some autoimmune thing. You know, it's an asset. It's not a problem. So you might think that something that's wrong with you like you don't know a subject or and you have to kind of pretend to get around that. Um, I, I would say it's not true. It's the opposite. It's that you want to be who you actually are. And then in terms of the technical stuff, you know, obviously somebody is lacking in technical ability can pull this off. I probably couldn't give advice about that part of it. But another podcaster might say something about you know, make sure your sound quality or something is good enough.
0: First of all, that's fantastic advice. And would you do anything differently if you could go back? Anything
1: differently? You know, I'm pretty pleased with the. You know, the, I launch it once a week. I've got a pretty easy format, so it's not it doesn't take too much time. I don't edit much, so it doesn't take time there. I like my jingle intro. I like the advertisement. I, you know, I kind of you're like happy all this with stuff. it.
0: That's great. I'm
1: really happy with how, how we did it so simply and I guess it could become way more of part of my my service that I give the world is is inside of the podcast and if that comes to pass then maybe I'll upgrade on all kinds of stuff and get more fancy but I'm really pleased with how it's interfacing with the rest of what I do so I can't think of anything honestly that I would change at this moment
0: That's wonderful. That's, that's a great success story. Um, how, you know, I talk to a lot of podcasters and staying committed to the show, especially if it's not growing as fast as they'd like, or just, you know, it takes, it takes the work that it takes. So to stay in this for the long haul, like what have you found, uh, that really helps you stay committed to putting out episodes?
1: What helps me put them out? I am passionate about what I'm teaching. I think that's one thing is that it's almost hard for me to hold back and not just launch them all at once, because I'll have questions coming into my messages or emails or something. And I'll be like, Oh, this podcast in two weeks is going to be great for that. (laughs) So I'm very passionate. I I think that it goes, again, it kind of goes back to this authenticity thing and doing your, your life's work that you're meant to do rather than doing what somebody else thinks you should do. If you're really passionate about what you're doing it's fun it doesn't even feel like work sometimes people say to me gosh you really do put a lot of work out there there must be it's really like i have to settle down that's my work is to kind of like not put out content because of the passion so that's not a that's not an issue for i suppose if i get bored with shadow work i'll have to move on but so far archetypal studies it's just a bottomless pit of fabulous monsters and demons and gold
0: so i'm not bored does not sound boring that is so (laughs) awesome i love it i love it yeah so you know to talk a little bit more about your work you mentioned archetypal studies could you talk a little bit about what archetypes are for for those who are understanding and i think this really applies um you know the hero's journey and the idea of just the the evolution of the soul and and that whole process so could you talk a little bit about what an archetype is
1: Yeah, an archetype. I like to use kind of a simple definition, which is it's a primordial pattern, which means a very ancient, old, universal pattern. And a lot of who we are as people isn't who we are. We are our archetypes are talking or thinking through us or doing actions through us. So we might think we're ourselves. But once we realize that that's an archetype with a specific quest, or um, problem or issue, for example, I call my orthorexic archetype, an archetype, I don't say I'm an orthorexic, or I have orthorexia, which is that it's considered kind of a a disordered eating, where you're into health food, like overly. Um, And or and, you know, that kind of ties into the chronic pain, illness stuff. But so when I notice that I have an orthorexic, then I'm owning her and containing her. If I say I have orthorexia, or I'm orthorexic, the orthorexic archetype is containing me. And we think of that as possession. There's actually a word in this uh, from Vedic technology called um Buddha, Buddha Vidya, I believe. And it's this idea of ghosts, But uh, for modern language, we can think of the archetypes are like films or or they're not quite entities, but it's like that. And they just sort of like come in and start thinking for us. So we think those are our thoughts, but they're not. So that's why consciousness training is so important, because you get the difference between who you are, which is a vast being with connection to everything and everyone everywhere that's what soma helps us understand and the difference is these little parts of us which is like the child part of us or the you know mad woman part of us or some sort of archetype that's that's taken over our identity so an archetype masquerades as you often and it's not a problem. It's actually an opportunity to grow your soul. So you just want to know that that's what's happening. And once you know it, then you can start working with it.
0: It's fascinating stuff. I love just going into this and also seeing how it Relates to everyday struggles that we experience and you know overlaying the different archetypes uh, in any given circumstance and seeing what's at play um, I'd love to give the listeners like one tangible first step they could do to start doing some somatic work. Is there mm-hmm. anything that you could walk us through that would just be like one thing that they could do while listening or or yeah. after listening. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, gosh, there's so many things. Uh, I want to do something really simple. A-, a really simple thing is to make connections between your thoughts and your feelings So, or your energy and your body or your soma. Think of something that happened this morning or today that was a little annoying. It could even be like you walked into the kitchen and there were dirty dishes or you got an email you didn't like, or but it could be something more like an argument you have with somebody. So you think of something and just sort of um, see that pile of dirty dishes, you can close your eyes and do that or just kind of get a sense. And immediately, you're going to feel a related feeling somewhere in your body. Now, the caveat here is if you've had a lot of Trauma, or if you're really dissociated, it might be hard to feel. So you can just pretend this is a good place to pretend that if you did have a feeling, you might know where it is. Like it might be in your gut or in your stomach or, you know, heart or something. So you just sort of make the connection. You're making the connection between a thought and some form of energy in your body. And so it could be a tightness or a pain or just a recoil you know it could feel like like you're pushing back it could feel like i got to do something about this so that's that's the the quick easy first step to basic somatic work is noticing that there is a connection it's not just a thought there is something happening down
0: here This is awesome. And so, you know, I think my speaking for myself, like I am very goal oriented, and this seems goalless in a way, Mm -hmm. which I feel like is important, right? So the goal is the goal here that we are to accept just that sensation and that connection and just be aware of it and not really take it anywhere. It's really like just to notice the and contain it as you're saying.
1: Yeah, what happens when you do that is you either do the dishes or you don't. So that's what's, that's what's so great. You get that. So this is how we get to right action. So it's not like we're supposed to avoid the things we don't like. And so I'm feeling my energy. I'll never do a dish again. It's more like we've attended to the Soma. We've attended to what's happening here, either out of, uh, you know, out of our awareness somehow. And once we do that, There's this usually an ability to move forward. So it might be like, I'm not doing them right now. I've got something else to do, but it's not gripping you anymore. The dishes by taking control of your mind. That makes sense.
0: It absolutely does. And there's, um, you know, just from a brain science point of view, when we are very, let's say, triggered in an emotional state, we are in more of our amygdala or our fight or flight response. Right. And just the naming and noticing the the emotion or the sensation moves our our brain activity into the prefrontal cortex, which is more logical and, um, you know, it able to mediate uh our feelings with the world and so that that makes a lot of sense from that standpoint as well and i think that's a really powerful exercise for people to do so thank you so much for sharing that can you tell us how um we could get in touch with you how we could take some courses or um you know find out more about coaching how can the listeners and viewers get in touch with you
1: yeah, so the the course I believe is synchrosoma.thinkific.com and the uh on Instagram at Synchrosoma and that's that's where you want to follow me there if you want daily posts that'll kind of prompt your own process. And there's links there to everything too, but my my podcast is the Synchrosoma Podcast, and there's a backlog there now of something like twenty-four episodes. So that's 15 minutes times 24, which is a course in itself. It's a lot of of detailed information on how to do consciousness training and start evolving and get unblocked with things and really be in the present moment. I guess I want to highlight that it's really about presence and and starting to like the matrix rather than having a bad experience of the of reality. And then the last thing is the website synchrosoma.com.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time and generosity, sharing that info and your podcast journey. And I know, um, everyone's going to get a lot from this. So thank you so much and looking forward to having you back on in the future.
1: Okay. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun.
0: All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of beyond air. I hope you enjoyed it and are now one step closer to turning on your microphone and broadcasting your message to the world. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know how I can help you on your broadcasting journey by getting in touch with me and maybe even apply for a strategy session if you want to discuss your podcast idea. You can reach me at www.podcast-farm.com. Till next time, my friends, I'm Kaylee Marks, and thanks for tuning in to Be On Air.